Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 6th of August. Hundreds of protesters have taken to the streets of Melbourne overnight as Victoria was plunged into its sixth lockdown. Premier Daniel Andrews announcing strict stay-at-home orders late yesterday for millions of residents across the state after a number of new COVID cases, five of them a mystery. A five-kilometre travel limit will apply for the seven-day snap lockdown with retail schools and gyms closed and hospitality returning to takeaway only. The Premier saying the move is necessary. There's every chance that instead of being locked down for a week, this gets away from us and we are potentially locked down until we all get vaccinated. And that's months away. Meantime, in New South Wales, Sydney's COVID outbreak is now spreading to the regions, with the Premier announcing a snap seven-day lockdown for the Hunter and Upper Hunter. It follows five new cases in the region after a person from Western Sydney attended a beach party. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded its deadliest day of the pandemic, with five COVID-related deaths and 262 new cases. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian again pleading for residents to get vaccinated. With New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria now in lockdown, epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely has told 7.30 restrictions are a new reality for the next few months. This is what we've got to do and what we've got to try to do outside of New South Wales is get on top of this and try and deal with any other outbreaks and get through to October, November when the vaccine coverage is high enough to at least relax at that point. It's going to be a challenging couple of months, unfortunately, for most of Australia. Meantime, in Queensland, it's still not confirmed if the state's lockdown will end as planned on Sunday. The state recording 16 new cases yesterday, all linked to the Indrapilly cluster. And in other news this Friday morning, Hillsong Church leader Brian Houston has been charged with allegedly concealing child sex offences after a two-year investigation. The 67-year-old is accused of failing to report the historic alleged abuse of a young male by his late father, Frank Houston. Brian Houston has been living in the US and recently travelled to Mexico to preach, but has vowed to return to Australia to fight the charges in October. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground and we start in Victoria and police have made a number of arrests after hundreds of protesters took to the streets overnight calling for Premier Daniel Andrews to be sacked after the state entered its sixth lockdown. The group of more than 1,000 rallied outside the landmark Flinders Street station before marching through the city chanting for freedom. Our reporter James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Authorities wasted no time getting around the rally last night, Tash, mostly trying to prevent it turning violent. There were 15 arrests made, among them people caught breaching bail or giving false names to police. Four of the people arrested were also identified as the protest organisers. 16 people were also slapped with fines for failing to wear masks or being more than five kilometres from home, which of course are the lockdown rules right now. More charges are expected to be laid in coming days as authorities follow up with those accused of lighting flares and also damaging police vehicles. To New South Wales and hundreds of thousands of residents across the Hunter District are now in lockdown for at least a week after five new COVID cases were detected in the region. Our reporter Hamish Finlay has the latest from Newcastle. 
Well, Tash, authorities have already identified the source of this outbreak. They say a teenager from Western Sydney broke lockdown restrictions to attend a beach party just south of Newcastle. The other local teenagers at that gathering then went to various schools in the region and that sparked a number of health alerts. After that, it quickly popped up in a number of shopping centres, including one of our larger complexes, Charlestown Square. Well, this, of course, comes amid growing anger that thousands of Pfizer doses earmarked for our region was redirected to Western Sydney. Although the federal government's now stepped in, it's done little to ease concerns about the way the vaccine rollout has been handled. Tash? Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. We know Victoria's gone into another lockdown, meaning the three larger states are under these tough new restrictions. How is this set to play out economically for the whole country and what's the chance of a quick bounce back once these lockdowns are lifted? Tash, good morning. Terrible news, of course, isn't it, as you've been discussing. I think this is one of those challenges where it's not just the number. If you have part of one state lockdown or a whole state lockdown, everyone else can kind of get on with it and trade continues, economic activity continues. The more of us get locked down, the more the less chance there is of exactly that going on. So it actually gets worse, even as the numbers maybe double it, maybe makes it three or four times as bad. And that's the real challenge, I think, for the economy. Now, it's probably going to cost a couple of billion dollars a week, that's sustainable at an economic level. The biggest issue, of course, as we know, is the impact on individual businesses, individual um, employees who may be in work. It's a really tough one. Now, look, I hope, and the RBAs, by the way, said already this week, they, they expect we can bounce back out of this pretty quickly. It does require a whole lot of government support intervention, and hopefully that confidence thing we talk about regularly remains strong as we come out. If it does, it will be a short issue. If it doesn't, if we start to drag, that's the real watch out for economics. Yeah, very tough time for so many. And talking about tough times, interesting data released almost 15,000 mortgage repayments have been frozen by the banks. Yeah, and growing, unfortunately. This is largely a Sydney number, of course, because this is old data before Victoria went to lockdown. One of the good things, one of the, one of the you know, you try and look for the silver linings here, the governments and banks both have kind of realised there are better ways to deal with economic contractions and, and economic shocks. And in this case, you know, it wasn't so many recessions ago. Banks would be effectively foreclosing willy-nilly across the economy as people missed their repayments. They learned last year that just letting people defer their repayments till they got back on their feet was better for everybody, including the banks, by the way. It's in their own interest. And that's already started again this time. 15,000 mortgages have been paused. That number will probably rise and probably very quickly as the lockdown continues, both in New South Wales and Victoria. As I said, not great news. People can't pay their mortgages back but at least they're not going through and foreclosing and throwing people out of their homes. And Scott, another big story today is casuals can't get annual leave after all, after a very important decision from the High Court. Yeah, this is huge, Tash. So you might remember the last year, the Federal Court, which was one level below the High Court, basically said, look, if you work as, if if your work patterns effectively mean you're a permanent employee, then you should be treated like a permanent employee. And that meant back pay, it meant you got annual leave. It basically said, even if you called a casual, if you're working what's effectively a permanent load, you should be considered a permanent worker. Now, the High Court has completely reversed that and said, no, no, if you're if you're literally explicitly a casual in your contract, then you're a casual no matter what your work circumstances apply. Now, that's huge news for casuals, even right across the country. This was a mining case, but for retail workers and others, also a big, big deal for the gig economy. So the people who are working for Deliveroo or Uber Eats or one of these businesses, if you're called independent contractor under this decision, the precedent might just apply regardless of what you want to, you think you're called or even what your circumstances are. The High Court saying it's a very, very literal interpretation, no matter what the conditions. If you say you're a casual, you're a casual. If you say you're a permanent employee, you're a permanent employee. It doesn't matter the work pattern itself. And that's a big, big deal for lots of low-paid workers across the economy. Yeah, huge implications for a lot of people. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Dave. 
Sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, not a great night for our national teams, unfortunately, in Tokyo. But two Aussies created an iconic moment on the track. Yes, good morning, Tash. Let's start with the good news. How about that? Ash Maloney is Australia's first ever medalist in the men's decathlon, and he did it with a little bit of uh, help from a friend. The 21-year-old from Brisbane was pushed along by his teammate, Cedric Jubler, in the 1,500 metres to help him claim bronze. Now, that was the final leg. He was in third position, not his strongest event, and had some runners coming from behind him. Maloney telling Seven it was like having a personal trainer right alongside him on the track. He was screaming as loud as he can. I can't repeat what he said, but Paul, I could feel his voice bouncing in my cranium like a bat out of hell. Yeah, that was a great moment, wasn't it? Now, as you said, not a great night for our national teams in Tokyo. The Kookaburras going down to Belgium. It was a heartbreaking penalty shootout in the gold medal match, but they still walk away with silver. The fourth silver they've won, though, at an Olympics. Just the one gold that was back in Athens 2004. The Matildas defeated by the USA 4-3 in the bronze medal match. They were trailing 4-1, almost pulled off the epic comeback, but just came up short. And the Boomers yesterday afternoon lost to Team USA in the basketball semis. They still have a chance to claim their first ever medal at an Olympics. That will be the bronze medal playoff against Slovenia. Brett, to the NRL now. The Knights have drawn first blood in the race for the top eight. Yeah, it's really congested. That part of the ladder, the Knights had the first opportunity at that last night. They got the job done against the Broncos, 28 points to 20. Mitchell Pearce came back at the right time. Hadn't played for a month with a hamstring injury, but he was so composed. Cross for a try in the stroke of halftime. Kick superbly as well, so they move up to seventh. Coach Adam O'Brien says it was a performance built on guts and determination. I just said to the team, you know, it's four points in four days, eight hours on buses. That's a big effort. You know, especially in the modern game, the, with the rule change, a lot to do that. And there was a lot of emotion going into last week. The Raiders and Dragons are in a finals playoff tonight. They're both equal on 18 competition points, sitting just outside the top eight. The Eels are in a fight to hold on to their spot in fourth against the Roosters, who can jump above them with a win tonight. And Canterbury has referred a uh, alleged racism incident involving Jaden Ockenbore to police. He called that out on social media. Uh, so we'll wait to see what happens there. Yeah, to the AFL now, Bretton Taylor Walker will sit out the Crows match this weekend amid an investigation into allegations of racism. Yeah, and it remains to be seen whether he will be seen back on a football field this year at all. The Crows veteran hasn't been picked for the showdown, but the club has stopped short of saying he's been stood down while the AFL investigates an alleged racist slur against North Adelaide's Robbie Young. Uh, Adelaide coach Matthew Nick says the situation hasn't been easy for everyone involved. Walker's been having a standout season. He sits second in the Coleman medal race. Tonight, we've got to the Cats against the Giants uh, to kick off uh, round 22. Can't wait. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And Rihanna has been named the world's richest female musician, now worth $1.7 billion. Topping the charts isn't the only reason she has become a billionaire with the bulk of the pop star's fortune thanks to her beauty business, Fenty. A key to Rihanna's success is inclusion with her makeup products catering to all skin tones. According to the latest Forbes report, Rihanna is now also second to Oprah on the rich list for female entertainers. That's beautiful. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. Enjoy your weekend and we'll see you bright and early on Monday.
listener.